Columbia Pictures presents Heavy Metal. A trip beyond the future to a universe you've never seen before. A universe of mystery. A universe of passionate fantasies. A universe of terrifying evil. A universe of magic. Heavy Metal. Seth Rogen has all this power in, in uh, Hollywood, but uh, I hope he shits himself and dies someday. Radio Drone. Welcome to an animated Thursday night. I am Josh Hadley, very crudely drawn. You are listening to Radio Drone. With me, as always, is Peter Rotoscoped Gajic. Yeah, or uh, I, I quite fancy the art style in Akira as well. I think I'd look cool in that style. I can actually see that, yeah. And joining us, as always, is Cecil Stop Motion Animation Trachtenberg. Wow, I get the I get the stop motion. Although stop motion animation you get, is kind of uh, making a comeback, so Nightmare Before get, Christmas, uh, fucking, man. You get Ed two oh nine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> Tonight we're going to be talking about animated films, specifically adult animated films, and I'll get into that in a minute. Other adult things you can get into or get into you, go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME, and you will get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free clit bumper, and free U.S. shipping. Just use the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. The reason we're going to talk about adult animation is... Ugh, Sausage Party is out there, and it's being heralded as a new era in adult animated movies. I want to put down a couple of parameters here, though. No porn, and <laughs> I want to I want to try and leave as much anime off as possible. I, I have an example that is uh, anime, but I, I want to try and stay away from Japanese animation overall for this episode. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on that. Those are the two parameters. So when we talk about adult animation, I'm not talking about pornos. I'm not talking about hentai or anything. I'm talking about animated movies aimed at an adult audience. That said, what adult animated movie is your go-to? I'm so sorry, but it's an anime one. It's uh, Ninja <laughs> Scroll. <laughs> what American um, adult animated movie do you go to? Well, I'm I'm pretty sure it's the one you're gonna go to. But if it's American, I'll I'd probably go to Heavy Metal. But that's I guess Canadian. That's, but yes, that's more than likely gonna be your answer. But I guess I would go. to – I know it was a. I mean, it was a TV series, but they did release it as a, as a feature movie as well. And I think uh, if I wouldn't go toward Heavy Metal, it would be the Spawn uh, animated cartoon, which uh, I grew up watching shortly after I discovered Ninja Scroll. Like, I was super into Spawn when I was a kid. When uh, HBO released that animated series, I – oh, God, that was, uh, to me, like, some real next-level shit when it came to, like, actual American animation because it was really dark and brooding and you had all the shadows and it was really violent and – it was telling these these very adult oriented stories, and uh, I still go back and rewatch uh, seasons one and two, and uh, and some of three, just because they have them as as movies. You can watch like two and a half hours worth of of the show as like a film. So that would be the one I would go to. And, and but I know you don't want us to talk about anime, but and then adult oriented animation that I saw for the first time when I was like maybe eleven or twelve years old was uh, Ninja Scroll on our equivalent of 
cartoon network here in Canada, which was Teletoon. And I remember just being blown away by how gruesome and over the top and beautifully animated it was. And that, uh, transcended me into seeing stuff like Akira and Fist of the North Star, which adult oriented animations that I, that I've seen and love are sort of of the manga variety. And like, like I'm not, I'm not anime or manga obsessed, but there are ones that I really gravitated toward when I was a kid. But uh, I guess if I had to choose uh, an American one or one that isn't uh, of the Asian variety, it would be, uh, it would be Spawn. I'm going to have to go in a, in a kind of like how Peter went. My, my go-to would be Fist of the North Star. What is but... it with you? You guys. <laughs> they're, it's they're, awesome. It's awesome, exactly. You know, dude punches people and they explode. You know, how can you how can you not enjoy that? But I mean if you're gonna go <laughs> with American and actually Canadian, once again, my go to would probably be rock and roll. Oh, that night I love nineteen eighties rock and roll. And oh, I, yeah. I'll I'll give Canada a pass because it's North American. How's that? Yeah. Peter as far as spawn too. Like spawn was such a great encapsulation of the car of the uh comic book and man like it was crazy because you had the animation was on at the same time and then they released the movie and the movie i still enjoyed it but it was so far removed and watered down and if you're watching the hbo series you're like oh my god i can't believe you know how amazing this is and how violent and then you go see the movie and it's it, it they went so PG-13 with it uh, <laughs> back when they, they could have gotten away with more, but uh, they still kind of watered it down. And even the R-rated version is uh, is pretty safe. You know, uh, I mean, it's still enjoyable, and I think it's it's entertaining, but it is very much a product of its time. Yeah, rock and roll, man. Just like that. It's kind of tough because I was like thinking, I'm like, do I want to do heavy metal? And I'm like, well, you're probably going to do heavy metal. So I'm going to go with with uh, the movie that really I is very close. It, I have to watch the both of them again. But I think I probably like rock and roll a little bit better. Rock and roll is a fantastic movie. And yeah, I'm going to go with heavy metal. Heavy metal to me. That was the movie that proved to me, and this is before Akira came to America or anything like that, where, you know, Cinemax used to show this and whatnot. This was the movie that was like, holy crap, it's tits in a cartoon. It's a guy getting <laughs> beheaded in a cartoon. They're saying fuck in a cartoon. That is good in moderation. One of the things that I, I really don't like about Sausage Party being the herald of the new wave of adult animation is, for one, I hated Sausage Party. The movie is literally an hour and 20 minutes of cartoons saying fuck, getting high, and having sex. There was not a single joke in this film that was not predicated on, it's a cartoon, and he says fuck. <laughs> To me, that's not adult animation. To me, Sausage Party is an adult animated movie that's actually aimed at juveniles. It's a juvenile movie that just says fuck a lot. And I know this is one of the few times Cecil and I actually agree on something. Astonishing. <laughs> I See, the, the thing with, with Sausage Party, I went in expecting something a little bit more along the lines of the South Park movie. Like, I don't care about cursing. I curse all the time. But... If you're going to have a movie where uh, it's something like that, it's animation and it's cursing, you need to have punchlines. You need to have jokes to back up the cursing. You can't just have cursing. Like, South Park kind of flipped that because when it opened with the Uncle Fucker song, like, that was the absurdity of it. But then they went further and it turned it into, you know, the parents were trying to censor them and, and trying to, you know, control the kids so they wouldn't say dirty words and all that. And that ended up being the joke. With this, it was just... uh all right, here's a hot dog, and it's saying, fuck it. Isn't that hilarious? Because it's funny. Man, did I... I just hated it. It wasn't funny. It really... I didn't even... After I saw it, I decided to not even do a review on it because I just did not feel like dealing with the backlash of, you know, oh, you just don't like it because, you know, you're you're the guy who goes against everything. And I'm like, no, I didn't like it because it sucked. It wasn't funny. It was one of the most unfunny things I've ever seen. It's this generation's heavy metal. And I'm like, no, look at what? heavy metal. Heavy, heavy metal is full of tits. It's full of blood. It's full of swears. But there's also stories of substance in that movie. There are intelligent bits. I'm not saying it's got a point to it. You know, it's not trying to trying to open up some deep thought on us. But heavy metal has a point to it. And I think that's what people yeah, gloss over is, really yes, simple. heavy metal was made for 12-year-old boys, but it was made for 12-year-old boys to think after they saw the boobies. 
well, heavy metal does obviously have a point to it. In the end, it very much is a, a struggle between good and evil. Like the whole thing is an anthology of this evil being telling the story of his, of its uh, conquests and its eventual defeat and stuff like that. Like it is this, it's this collection of stories and eventually we see, uh, how it's defeated and, and the hero that steps up in this like shattered dystopian world and stuff. Like how the, I, I haven't seen the Sausage Party and I, I absolutely refuse to, but just everything I've seen in the trailers, everything I've heard you guys talking about it, like I don't know what I would even compare it to. I don't think anything should be compared to it because it, it seems like if you compare it to anything, it's an insult because this just – it looks like trash. Like I don't see the, the point of it. I don't see the point of these – I don't know. What is it? Food making dirty jokes or some shit? Why? I, I don't know why Seth Rogen has all this power in, in uh, Hollywood, but uh, I hope he shits himself and dies someday. <laughs> I would be with, like, I wouldn't have minded, like, even if it was like juvenile jokes, if, if there was jokes, there were no jokes there. It just, it was, we were saying before, uh, the show, thank you, James Franco and Seth Rogen. Yes, smoking pot is the greatest thing that's ever happened, ever, 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 that you discovered when you were 12 years old. Like, it's like they fucking, they smoked pot once, uh, and it just changed their life, and now it's all they do and it's all they talk about. Every single thing has to have some sort of stupid, pot joke in it and it's like do they not realize that people who don't give a crap about smoking pot or maybe grew up and stopped smoking pot like it's just pot humor is like cheech and chong managed to make pot humor funny because they make more jokes than just pot the funniest jokes in most cheech and chong movies are the non-pot jokes right but in this, it's like, all right, yeah, we're all going to smoke pot and fuck each other. Woo! You know, it's like, no, it's not funny. It's it really, it was painful to sit through. Like, I I, I would probably, I think I'd rather sit through uh, the mechanic resurrected again. Because at least, like, <laughs> at, at least that had, you know, Jessica Alba to look at. But this, oh, my God, it just was so, it was just, it was so try hard controversial like douche who was the villain that really didn't even need to be in the movie and uh their attempts at at satire it really it fell flat in every get it? the instance. twinkie is flamboyantly gay you get it yeah. twink twink uh, nudge nudge uh, oh god i really really didn't like that movie they seem to think they are making a movie that had the impact that fritz the cat had Fritz the Cat was also full of nudity and pot humor and swearing and violence, except I think when you look at Fritz the Cat in its early 70s context, at the same time you look at Sausage Party in its 2016 context, Fritz the Cat did have a message about the counterculture, and honestly, whether it was intended or not, the message is kind of how stupid this whole counterculture thing was in the early 70s, because they're all kind of stupid losers, aren't they? Yeah. Fritz had a point to it. We can't talk about adult animation and not talk about the man, Ralph Bakshi. Ralph Bakshi made it his mission to say, cartoons don't have to be Disney. They don't have to be made for kids or juvenile audiences. You can make a cartoon that is for an adult. That doesn't mean it has to be porn, because usually when you say adult animation, people immediately think of porn. He said, we can tell sophisticated adult stories in an animated setting. Obviously, Fritz the Cat, uh, the Lord of the Rings, he did the Lord of the Rings animated movie, right? Yeah, that one 1978 the one. Thing was not good, but he tried. It was interesting. Did he do Wizards as well? He did Wizards and Heavy or- Traffic and Coonskin, yeah. Yeah, he made some really cool stuff. I grew up more on Wizards than I did on uh, Lord of the Rings. I saw Lord of the Rings after, but I thought Wizards, Wizards was really amazing. cool. Um, and Fritz, the, all of his works have um have an interesting subversive quality to them. Like as you said, Fritz the Cat did have a meaning behind it. It was sort of an anti counterculture kind of thing. Like it was showing you that these you know these dopers and delinquents and stuff. In the end, they really are just kind of fucking losers. And that's a lot of movies nowadays, comedies, you know, starring Seth Rogen and stuff. They don't have that arc you know this guy who started out as the the petty doped up loser is still the petty doped up loser and yet somehow he's also still the hero of the picture like he he doesn't learn anything you're not taught anything about how you know overindulgence and in, in drugs and alcohol and all this stuff can actually be kind of bad for you it if anything it says you know keep getting high keep getting f- 
fucked up. You're awesome because of it. It's good to keep smoking weed and doing it. No, it's not. You should be teaching people that you this isn't the only thing you need in your life and that being a delinquent isn't actually all that cool. Bakshi stuff, the, the thing that's the most striking about his is it has a very distinct look. Like, you know within 10 seconds whether or not something is a Bakshi animated movie. They all have a very distinct look about them. And uh, so over the years, I had uh, stumbled upon various... I think uh, if, if my memory serves, I believe the first one that I saw was Fire and Ice. That was Bakshi and Frazetta, man. Yeah, that was insane. Like, because at the time, I didn't know who either of them were. And then years later, it's like, oh, my God, these two coming together and making a freaking medieval type. Just amazing. So Fire and Ice. And then I went back and, you know, saw their Lord of the Rings and Wizards and uh, Fritz the Cat. Uh, I only ever saw half of Fritz the Cat. Should go back and watch the rest of it. I think it was a little bit too much. Uh, who you jive in Turkey? Like it was. It's a very set, very very seventies <laughs> film. It, yeah, yeah, it's very seventies, <laughs> which I don't particularly mind because one of my favorite movies is Dolomite. It, I don't know. It's just I, think I actually think Dolomite might be less seventies than Fred's the Cat was. That is very <laughs> possible. <laughs> really, am bummed that Bakshi never was able to make the cool world that he wanted to make because I still like. I still liked the cool world that came out. I maybe. Maybe I'm being apologetic because I could see what he was going for. I still enjoyed Cool World as it is. I think Cool World, I I do like, I, I think that it is a, a decent movie, but I think it is definitely hindered because you can see where they're pushing to do certain things. And then you can tell they're, you know, oh, here comes the pushback. So, you know, it's like, oh, they were going here. Oh, no, they can't do that. Hollywood and I really, if Holly could. Hollywood if she could. Exactly. Hollywood if Holly could. But uh, they, but the Hollywood wouldn't let her. So we ended up with not exactly the movie that we should have gotten. I really am curious if uh, they would ever be able to like complete that movie. If like if an R-rated version does actually exist. From every from everything I've read, that all that stuff was kiboshed in pre-production. So I, I don't think we're ever going to get a director's cut of Cool World. Personally, when when I go to Bakshi, I got to go with Wizards. I think Wizards is just, it is so imaginative. It is so brilliantly directed that the use of the animation on top of live action backgrounds on top of rear projection is so amazing and so visually striking. Wizards looks like mm. nothing else, even out of Bakshi's catalog. It looks like nothing else out there. I always thought it was very unique and uh, weird. But weird in a good way. I would like to see it again. I think, actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think they uh, they put it on Blu-ray. So it'd be nice to see a really nice print of that. Because the last time I saw it was on VHS. Yeah, that's a hell of a movie. Really awesome example of um, some really creative animation. You know, the use of the you know, rotoscope over real actors and then creating these really unique looking characters with um, the rear projection and stuff like that. A lot of really weird ideas. And isn't it kind of meant to be like a recreation of uh, World War II? At least I think that's the war they're trying to capture. It, it's it been takes kind of a while. Like years after World War Three, and yeah. the evil wizard Black Wolf finds an old Nazi propaganda reel, which he uses to rally the orcs to try and take out the fairies. Yeah, like there's a lot of that kind of um like war imagery in it, which is great. It's just uh it's a very as I pointed out with the Bakshi stuff, it's very subversive and weird and it's different and really does have have its own style. Uh, that one And it's PG. So really heavy heavy for a PG too. And for people that haven't seen it, it's a really cool early Mark Hamill voice performance. It's something that would predict what he would actually become famous for rather than Luke Skywalker is his voice acting. When it comes to adult animation, do you think it has to be all serious or can you be goofy and funny in the same way or does it have to be like a mix of them? For instance, like Rock and Rule. Rock and Rule, I actually think the comedy bits hurt the movie. I think whenever they go to the weird comedy sidekicks, the movie kind of grinds to a halt. Rock and Rule, I think, works so much better when it's played arguably straight, and the goddamn music is amazing in that movie. It's it's a shame that soundtrack never actually came out because the movie bombed so hard on its um, initial release. 
I mean, definitely the action and the music is light years beyond the comedy. But for some reason, uh, there are a lot of movies where they just feel it necessary to put comedy in there. And I've listened to so many directors' commentaries and whatnot. Whether we're talking about a movie that, uh, you know, be it sci-fi, horror, whatever, uh, where they'll be like, well, we felt that we had to lighten the mood here. And it's like, why? Why would you intentionally give up? you know, tension that you're putting into a movie, if something is really tense and you put in comedy to break that, why? Like, like the audience can handle it. So with something like rock and roll, with them injecting the comedy in there, I think that was because uh, they felt it necessary because it is still an animated movie. They had to put some kind of humor in there uh, for the younger audience. And it definitely is the weakest parts of the film. It doesn't, it doesn't ruin it. It doesn't detract it at all. But it definitely did not age well. I have not seen rock and roll, but I do have an opinion on the subject itself. I think if you can make it work, comedy can work well. It can work really well because sometimes it's all in the writing and the execution. Like you can go and try to be as funny as you can, but if it falls flat, then you failed, obviously, as a, as a filmmaker or as a writer. Like the, like to me, something like Sausage Party is just a complete and utter garbage. But if you manage to mesh comedy and horror and a little bit of action together and make it work really well, to me, that can be really magical. Like, example would be the way they managed to infuse... There's really good humor in heavy metal, and there's also really good horror and action elements, like the like the story with the fighter pilot that's like being attacked by the the zombie fighter pilots and shit like that. Seventeen. That one to me, that still freaks me out. That's that's a fucking freaky animation. And then you've got the the funny one with the the captain that's accused of like rape and murder and all that stuff. Yes, that one. That's that's incredibly funny. Uh, Heavy metal, I think, infuses a a really good combination of uh, of humor and horror and action and when something can can do that and kind of bend genres that's really magical and when it works it works really well one heart one song but there is no one it's actually kind of clever how they get around that too you you have you have other ones that seem to take the the other tact like like a movie such as eight crazy nights I don't understand why that wasn't just a live-action movie. There's nothing in that movie that could not have been done in a live-action movie, probably cheaper. And that movie is all about Adam Sandler having poop humor just in a cartoon. I think that was the thrust of Eight Crazy Nights. It's a cartoon where a bunch of people stick fingers up their butt and deer eat poop. Funny! He claimed he made that for adults, that this was not a kid's cartoon. And I, rem- I remember all this, so this is, you know, when that came out, this is not a cartoon for kids. Well, duh. <laughs> what the hell did you think? It's really forgettable. I remember seeing it back in high school, and I, I think that that movie can be pinpointed to what would become Adam Sandler's decline in actual funny movies. Um, I mean, I know there are a lot of people who still probably still support him, but I kind of see that movie as uh, when he started to become meh to painfully unfunny. Let's talk about anime for just a moment. The film that broke anime into America. Akira was so adult in the gore and the tone and the subject matter, even though the bulk of its characters are all teenagers. Akira, I think when that hit in 1986... American audiences didn't know what to make of it. Because, yes, we had all these Bakshi movies in the 70s and early 80s and whatnot, but adult animated features, well, the last one I could think of was probably Star Chaser, Star Chaser The Legend of Orin, that straight-up Star Wars ripoff, and that bombed. And I think when this hit, this was sort of a, a shot in the arm where people went, wow, this is a cartoon that's not super violent. It's, it would be equivalent of a PG-13 today. That really is not made for kids, yet all of us probably encountered it when we were, you know, 14, 15 years old. Akira is brilliant. I think it's something that uh, subverts Japanese animation and American animation and other, and I think it, it fits into its own category. I don't know if I even consider it an animated film. I just consider it a really, really awesome cyberpunk movie the animation is so beautiful to a point where it almost doesn't even feel like you're watching a cartoon like the amount of detail that goes into the landscapes the the futuristic world that they've created uh the detail and the expressions like it's an incredibly expressive looking animation i think i probably consider it to be 
the best looking animated film I've ever seen. I found it really hard to top seeing an animated movie and just being so taken away with it. I, I love Akira. Akira, I had seen just, I don't even know how uh, I ended up watching it, but I just, uh, I had rented it one day because I had heard so much about it and just was blown away by the animation quality. It nothing like anything that was out at the time, didn't it? No, it, it just, it looked so far removed from everything else. It was just astonishing. It was beautiful. The animation was just incredible. It really kind of, it just, it, it was very much... Uh, one of the first, like, adult animations I had ever seen. You know, I mean, I didn't really understand what anime was back then. But it's like, uh, it was incredible because it was smart. It was, it, it was violent. It was, uh, just full of just this beautiful animation and, uh, an incredible story and, like, a hard, Hard to follow in some instances. Tetsuo! Uh, uh, Kaneda! But Kaneda! I mean, like, help as me! You, get older, <laughs> you understand it a little bit more and you, you get kind of what's going on. But as a, you know, younger kid watching, it's like, what the hell's going on here? It's something else. It's just, a, it's amazing. An adult animated feature masquerades as a children's movie and the entire point of it is to educate. Have either of you guys seen 1982's A Flight of Dragons? No. Nope. It's a Rankin Bass film that is is above and beyond what they did for the the Hobbit and their Return of the King movie. It was a it was an ABC Saturday morning TV special where John Ritter is a math teacher that gets sucked into a Dungeons and Dragons type realm and ends up defeating magic with the power of calculus. And mm. it's really super smart and it's very adult. And it doesn't talk down to the audience, but it also proves knowledge can beat superstition. That's the point of the movie. For a Saturday morning animated special, that's kind of ballsy, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah, it's definitely taken some risks there. I can appreciate that. What about Nightmare Before Christmas? It's still an animated movie, right? To me, Nightmare Before Christmas is it's fun, it's spooky, it's funny, it's got great music, and it's an animated film. A lot of people don't consider stop motion, quote, animation when, we're, when they're considering a topic like this. I can really appreciate the craftsmanship. It's It looks wonderful. I uh, was never able to get into it though. Just don't really, as, as a movie, I, like, I really respect the effects work in itself, the animation. Ah, I could never really get into it the, the same way a lot of people, and it's, it's kind of a movie of, of my generation too. Like the people that, that grew up as kids in the nineties, like loved it. And I was just kind of meh about it. I guess I was, I was still stuck on Tim Burton's Batman. Same. I, uh, I think the, the stop motion animation just looks wonderful and it is such a good looking film. I just, I don't like it. It, at least it's not Corpse Bride. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that is very true. Let's, let's take a look at a different type of animation. That which crosses into the realm of live action. Like to me, I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit is still an animated movie and it's very much a movie about animation and about cartoons just half of it happens to be set in the real world what about a movie like who framed roger rabbit i love who framed roger rabbit i think that they did a, an incredible job of incorporating a lot of the old animation into the movie and i was always sad that they never did the follow-up mostly because uh the guy who did roger rabbit he didn't want to get locked into that and thought of as only the Roger Rabbit voice guy. And meanwhile... Did you ever hear the original voice when Pee Wee Herman did it in the animation tests? No. How yeah, th th that that's out there. The original, like, eight-minute animation test where Paul Rubens is the voice of Roger. It's odd when you're so used to the real movie. Well, it's kind of like when there was the, the Shrek animation where they released the uh, the Shrek. Uh, it was Chris like hand-drawn hand stuff, yeah, with Chris Farley as the voice. It, it was one of the, like, initially I was like, oh, man, Chris Farley would have worked. It would have been great. And then you watch it, and I'm like, wow, they really did make a good call. Like, because I love Chris Farley, <laughs> but he did not work as Shrek. 
I, I loved, uh, Who for Mr. Roger Rabbit. I kind of consider like that really, I don't know. I mean, I guess you would probably drop it into animation, but it's, you know, it's a hybrid and it's, it's about as much animation as like Cool World, you know, same thing. It's, uh, you had, uh, live action world and, uh, animated world and the two of them occasionally, uh, were, you know, colliding and, uh, you had humans in the animated world and you had animated stuff in the, uh, human world. So noids and doodles. Noids and doodles, exactly. So, uh, and it worked. I was kind of surprised that, uh, that never really became more of a thing, especially considering how huge Roger Rabbit was. Oh, I love the movie. I mean, that's, that's one of those movies I really rewatched a lot as a kid, and I think it still holds up today. Uh, and I do consider it an animation. It's, it's just as much an animated movie as it is a live action movie. It's, it's at the very least, uh, a 50-50 split because, as Cecil said, like it intermingles with, you know, live action settings and cartoon settings and live action people and cartoon people. And it does it in a, in a really cool, fluent kind of way. Um, I, I really love that movie a lot. See, the reason I consider Who Framed Roger Rabbit an animated film is even though it has live action segments, it's about cartoons. Cartoons mm-hmm. are the point of the movie. Whereas another film that I'm going to drop into this would be Pink Floyd's The Wall. There are so many sequences in that that are animated and needed to be. And they go along with the trippy story and everything. I don't know. I'd consider Pink Floyd The Wall to be at least a, an animated movie in spirit. I've actually never seen Pink Floyd The Wall. There, there's never been any point in time where I've gotten an opportunity to watch it or thought about watching it. I, I probably should at some point. Don't like it. You got another one that just came out that you guys haven't seen yet called Zoom, where a third of the movie is animated, and it's meant to be, and it's, I can't give too much away, but it is the most clever integration of all of these things I think I've ever seen. You guys really need to check out the movie Zoom, which just came out on VOD, that I can't, I really can't tell you much more about it. There's one more on my list here that, yeah, it's an animated film as far as I'm concerned, and that's Tron. The original Tron, yeah, it's computer animation, but it's still animation. Tron is a fantastic animated movie. Yeah, it's not a cartoon in the traditional sense. Do you consider Tron an animated movie? Uh, I, I guess. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, um, Tron, I kind of put it more into just science fiction than animated because, yeah, there is animation, but, I mean, especially now when you've got so many movies that are so CG heavy, then you would be putting Transformers as an – you know, and not not the Transformers animated movie, you know, uh, the Transformers Shia LaBeouf movie. You'd be putting that as an animated movie. So I don't really consider that – I consider it an awesome movie. I love Tron, but uh, I don't really think that it's an animated movie. I've never considered it one. Um, I've only kind of just seen it as like an effects-heavy film, like an effects-driven movie. You know, ev- all the actors are, are real people, and they're and they are interacting with some real props and shit. Just that was they utilized that the technology at the time to give you this kind of like because it's it's meant to take place in a video game basically. So you had to have that kind of digitized look to it. I don't know if that necessarily constitutes it as an animated movie. It's just a very effects-driven sci-fi film. All right, well, with Sausage Party being heralded as the second coming of adult animation, what do you think we're going to get? Do you think we're going to get more heavy metals and wizards and Akiras, or are we going to get more Eight Crazy Nights and Dirty Ducks and BC Rocks and Tarzoon of the Jungles? What do you think's going to happen after Sausage Party? Because you know how Hollywood works. This worked when it you know, by all rights, shouldn't have. Every studio is going to have an R-rated, a hard R, quote, adult animated feature on the slate next year. We all know this. Where do you th- see what Sausage Party has ushered in coming to fruition? Um, a large pile of shit. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that'd be my answer. <laughs> I think that we're going to get inundated with uh, a lot of mediocrity. And hopefully one uh, studio will, like, maybe they had 
a script for an animated R-rated movie a while ago that they passed on, that they're sitting on, that they're like, hey, we need to do our own animated movie. Don't we have that one? And it's a really awesome movie, but they passed on it because at the time, animation uh, for adults wasn't really bankable. So hopefully we might get something really good out of this, but I have a feeling that uh, there's going to be a lot of crap before we actually uh, to to kind of balance out the one really good thing that we might potentially get. Okay, you know that episode of The Simpsons where Homer has to go to New York to get his like car back and get like the boot off of it when he's driving back home and they're on the bridge and they're driving behind the dump truck that's like open and spewing garbage and its bags of crack and and sewage and waste is uh, hitting Homer in the face. That's me watching all of the shit that is going to be spewing <laughs> forth from Hollywood thanks to Sausage Party. <laughs> so you you don't think we're going to get any any Ralph Bakshi's coming out of this? You don't think we're going to get any people who want to tell an actual story, maybe a science fiction or a fantasy story that would maybe be a $150 million film live action that they could maybe do for 30 or 40 in animation? You don't think we're going to get somebody like that? It's all going to be stoner humor? Few and far between. If we get any, it'll be more independently made. If anything, it might drive some filmmakers to do some cool animated movies, but I doubt we'll see them in theaters, and if we do, we're lucky. Earlier, Cecil brought up Transformers the movie, the 1986 good one. Do you guys remember when that came out? Because I was the first in a whole slate of these 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 kids franchises that they were not making adult, although Transformers the movie did have the swear words and all the death in it, but they were making a little more mature because you had G.I. Joe the movie, My Little Pony the movie, Rainbow Bright the movie, Care Bears the movie. You had two of those. Do you think that that the franchises of today could do the same thing, or is that just a 1986 to 1988 kind of thing? Oh, it's absolutely a 1986 to 1988 thing. Could you imagine the horror now if, let's say, My Little Pony, they make it into a, um, you know, an animated uh, movie, but they decide to go a little bit edgy with it. Like, they get shot and like, you know, well, the Transformers are getting shot and smoke was pouring out of their mouths and their, their eyes, like the lights turned off. And it was like, it was horrific to see as a kid, but <laughs> open, God damn it, open! Right. They were to try that now. Oh, there'd be protests and uh, you know, uh, characters dying or so. Oh my God, we can't have that. Uh, my just, Little Pony going to the glue factory, right? You know, something like that. It just, uh, it really would go over like a lead balloon. Oh God, now I'm just reminded that I really need to rewatch uh, Transformers the animated movie because that movie is fucking awesome. That's all I have to say, really. Peter. You got the touch. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I've, I've got the touch, and I've got the power. You're a winner! <laughs> now I'm just thinking of Boogie Nights. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking of Dirk Diggler just massacring that song. Just, just, just destroying <laughs> You Got the Touch. <laughs> on, on the on the commentary track for Boogie Nights, Paul Thomas Anderson says he didn't ask Mark Wahlberg to sing bad like that. He actually says on the commentary, "Now you know my now you know why Mark wasn't one of the new kids." <laughs> Back to animated movies. Do you think that that animated movies, especially adult animated movies? tend to have been overlooked in the past. Let, let's go back to the late 70s and early 80s. The Ralph Bakshi stuff tended to be overlooked in the theaters. You know, like when Star Tracer Legend of Orin came out in 1983, completely overlooked. They were completely overlooked at the time. It was very rare for an adult animated feature to actually make money. There were very few hits in the late 70s and early 80s. With all the Pixar animation and all of the, the, the Disney movies and all that that are coming out now, now with Sausage Party being, whether we liked it or not, a huge financial success, do you think that the audience has changed, the market has changed, or the films have changed? Honestly, I think this was just a timing thing. You know, Seth Rogen, his popularity is really up there, and he's been doing a lot of oddball features that have been successful. So I think, and although there is talk about how Sausage Party was a lot more expensive, but they had the animators working, you know, basically like slaves. And uh, oh yeah, there's a lot of controversy about the people who weren't credited, who were fired. There's there's a class action lawsuit in the works right now against that movie's production. Yeah, because they went, you know, crowing about how you know we made this, uh, you know, we made this really great looking 
CG animated movie for only $30 million. And all the animators came out and said, yeah, you made it off of our backs. You know, we, you, you, you made us work 12 hour days, six days a week. And if we complained, we got replaced. And then they took, and then even if you worked and did 80% of the animation on the film, if you got let go, then they took your name out of the credits. I mean, that's just such a dick maneuver. So, uh, I think that, you know, that is a whole other issue. Uh, as far as, uh, the landscape changing, I think it's simply that, they pushed that, you know, hey, this is Seth Rogen and uh, Kristen Wiig. So they went with a couple of, you know, the, the really popular names. And they said, uh, you know, here's an animated movie for adults. And it was released at the right time. And uh, people went to see it. And, you know, it was a hit. So it, it was it, it really just was a, it was successful because of the names behind it and because of the timing, not particularly, I think, because of the quality. I think there's just been some time for for people to warm up to them because it was a little more taboo back in the 80s to have this like fully feature length uh, animated movie and people probably didn't take it seriously because back then you know it was all about the you know Saturday morning cartoons and Disney and stuff like that so there wasn't a lot of ground uh for people to see an animated movie coming out and finding it interesting because back then you know adult oriented movies were mainly live action adult stuff was either still being produced and released in Japan and succeeding and hadn't quite made it over to the States yet until stuff like Akira and, you know, heavy metal had its moderate success and whatnot. But now, you know, with companies like, like Pixar animation and these movies and families going to see them and a lot more and more companies doing it. And as I said, people warming up to them, I think now it's, it's more, more of an open ground for people to go see them. So I, I guess it changed in that it's become more sat saturated in pop culture uh, to go see an animated movie and actually go see one that's uh, adult oriented. Just unfortunately, the, the mainstream of it now is stuff like sausage party rather than getting something actually brilliant, like heavy metal. You know what we need? We need another, the max. Yes. yes, the Max, the Max, I think, would fit into today's landscape arguably better than it did in the 90s. And I think the Max, the Max is, a, I mean, I know it's a, it's a TV series, but they did release it as a movie on video. The Max, way ahead of where the 90s were. With its mix of live action, with rotoscope, with line animation, the Max was a bizarre mind f of, a, of a movie, really. Well, I mean, that's because the the comic it was based off of was a bizarre mindfuck of a comic book. <laughs> that's true, but I'm just talking strictly of the MTV series. I think that's actually so dark and weird. I looked back at it when I watched it a year ago for the first time since the 90s, and I went, wow, I can't believe this actually aired in the 90s. Yeah, and uh <laughs> I it it's... um. The movie or the show that was paired with the Max when MTV was doing their the head, the head, dude, the head was really good. See, I, I just that mm. one I never got into. Oh, uh, the head, you should, you know, it's it's also on DVD. You really should go back. The, the first season, the second season, they go way off the deep end. But uh the first season is really good. It's very funny and clever. And I, I love the head. The head was a, a really good show. And, uh, it's kind of a shame because I think, uh, they really only planned it out as one season and then it ended up being a hit. So they made a second season. The second season really just, they, I don't know what the hell happened. Well, I was looking at a bunch of lists of adult animated movies and there was one that kept popping up that I kept going, yeah, I'll give it to you, but wow. And that's Beavis and Butthead do America. And I just went, yeah, it was kind of aimed at adults, but kind of like Sausage Party, it was really aimed at 12-year-old boys. Well, it was aimed at the Beavis and Butthead audience. And, and, Which and, was 12-year-old boys. And the difference between Beavis and Butthead Do America and Sausage Party is Beavis and Butthead Do America was hysterically funny. Okay, I have I only saw that when it very first came out, and I didn't like it then. I don't know if I revisited it, if I would find it funny. I hated it when I first saw it. Uh, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Peter doesn't even have to pretend. That's just his normal laugh. Hey, uh, they they don't seem to be going in a great place, but if you look hard enough, you'll find some really cool stuff. A, a lot of it 
is mainly in TV format. You're not going to find a lot of them that are actually feature length unless you go see something from Pixar or something. Uh, but in, in terms of TV programming or, or actual animated shows, things to watch out for would be JoJo's Bizarre Adventure or Rick and Morty. These are some really cool, weird, subversive uh, animated things to see. Steer clear of stuff like Sausage Party and watch some JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. As for me, I really feel like watching a in Transformers the Animated Movie again, now that we've been talking about it, and I'm, I'm getting those uh, same tingly, happy feelings, so I really want to watch those. Uh, there, are, there are good animated movies out there. Uh, animated movies don't have to be for kids. Uh, it's really irritating when uh, a movie like the South Park movie comes out, and then you see people bringing their kids to it. Do five seconds of research to understand that this is not for children, uh, which is another reason why I think that we don't get as many adult-themed animated movies as we should, because there are a lot of stupid people out there that just, ah, this wasn't for kids. Well, animated movies, actually animation when was created for adults. The old Looney Tunes were aimed at adult audiences. Yeah. That's why they were full of references no little kid was going to get. Exactly. But you got Disney that took over and really changed the perception. And now people think that if it's animated, it's automatically for kids. And that's not the case. You really should check out some, uh, you know, check out Rock and Roll. Check out uh, uh, Heavy Metal if you haven't already seen it and see, like, really good animations that are aimed at adults and also uh just because something is anime doesn't automatically mean it's uh, for freaking weebos or whatever the hell you know <laughs> like like anime like there's so much good anime out there uh you know beyond even just akira and fist of the north star and uh, vampire hunter d so like if you see an anime and you think it sounds cool like check it out and like stop with the whole like stereotyping aside you know i have my i keep getting shit for my my anime boob mouse pad <laughs> there is a lot of good anime out there as well so don't just uh shrug it off because it's anime see like you know like your perspective's fucked so you just have to work the controls like you're straight <laughs> that's the way i make this show yes so to me i see the dark times coming i think sausage party is going to well let's just start making them r-rated i think that's what's going to happen with sausage party people are going to start saying how can we say fuck a million times because it's funny when cartoons say fuck and i think that's what we're going to see in the next two or three years we're going to be inundated extremely juvenile adult animated features that said where can Cecil T. be found sniffing Great Nyborg? Uh, you can find me, not green or animated, over at uh, escapist, escapistmagazine.com, goodbadflix.com, and Facebook and Twitter. Where can Peter Gajic be seen giving her the stars and stripes forever? <laughs> uh, you can find me doing that and more on uh, Twitter at Cinematica, Facebook the Cinematicist, YouTube the Cinematicist, and at old1201beyond.com. And you can find me being basically the Lochnar of the internet at 1201beyond.com. Contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, have a great night. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold, and I'm going to go rewatch Heavy Metal. <laughs> If I can sing it up, I can sing it back. Angel! It's now, Omar! I've got to sing! Sing! No, Angel! Don't! No, Omar! Trust me. Omar! Omar! Ah!
Radiodrome is a 1201 Beyond production. Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.